There are two kinds of sufferers in this world, those who suffer from a lack of life and those who suffer from an overabundance of life. When you come to think of it, almost all human behavior and activity is not essentially any different from animal behavior. The most advanced technologies and craftsmanship bring us, at best, up to the super chimpanzee level. The true artist, the saint, the philosopher, is rarely achieved. Why so few? But what are these barriers that keep people from reaching anywhere near their real potential? The answer to that can be found in another question, and that's this. Which is the most universal human characteristic? Fear or laziness? Welcome back to the Thinking Minds podcast. My name is Alex, I'm a consultant psychiatrist, and today we're going to be having a discussion all about fear and laziness and how it can be a barrier to what you want. Now this is something you don't normally see discussed in such basic terms on a mental health podcast, but I think it's very much worth discussing because if there's something important in your life that you want to accomplish or some important change that you've been wanting to make in your life for a long time but haven't there's a good chance that fear and laziness might be playing a role in stopping you from doing whatever might be necessary to do to make those changes this could be having the conversation that you know you need to have or setting stronger boundaries or dealing with an addiction issue be it drugs or alcohol or cigarettes or food or pursuing a new work project Fear and laziness can get in the way of us accomplishing these goals. So in this podcast, we'll be discussing fear and laziness, not in a way that's intended to be demeaning, but rather just have an honest look at these phenomena to discuss why they're part of the human condition and what you can do about them. And we'll be primarily taking an evolutionary lens into human psychology. One of the things that you observe when you work with people clinically, say in psychotherapy, is that people have all sorts of different problems, dilemmas, ambitions, but there's actually generally the same few common psychological obstacles which recur over and over again. And these obstacles are the things which tend to stop people from getting out of their comfort zone. Of the different obstacles that people face, I chose fear and laziness for today's podcast because I think they're two of the most common obstacles two of the most insidious ones and also because I think we've come to a place in our culture where it feels like we can't have an honest or matter-of-fact conversation about them. Fear for example is something we've come to very much over medicalize and fetishize in our culture. We rarely even use the term fear or, or the word afraid anymore because it's largely been replaced by the notion of anxiety, a very medical way of describing this problem and given that it's a term that's generally used or classically used to describe pathology, it's one that shouldn't by definition apply to most people. And with fear as, as a society, we've fallen into the trap of creating a world where most people rarely have to confront scary things. And intuitively you would think not having to confront scary things would make you less afraid. That's true in the short term, but it's not true in the long term, as we'll see later. With laziness, it feels that it's become taboo to talk about. And I think one of the reasons for this is because compassion has very much become in vogue in the current zeitgeist. 
particularly on the political left, meaning that if someone is struggling, it's become the norm to emphasize how society is failing them rather than what they could be doing differently. That would be the compassionate approach. Well, it's one version of the compassionate approach. And talking about the idea of laziness doesn't seem to fit that socio-cultural narrative and it's seen as uncompassionate. Now, obviously, there's a time and place for a compassionate approach to someone experiencing problems. And certainly there are situations where the political right overemphasizes the importance of personal responsibility in situations where clearly society or the systems within society are not serving people correctly. But that being said, if anyone were to look at their experience honestly, laziness or the tendency to avoid or delay doing something which you know you should be doing. In, in the book The War of Art, Stephen Pressfield calls it resistance. It's a, it's a feature of all of our lives. So one question might be, why are fear and laziness a feature of the human condition at all? And if it's so unhelpful to have these psychological forces at play within us, why did nature give them to us? At this point, it can be really useful to take an evolutionary point of view on the problem. After all, evolution is the process that designed us. It's the process that designed our minds. The harsh truth at the center of the evolutionary psychology approach is that natural selection is not optimized to give us rich, varied, happy lives where we break free of our psychological patterns in order to reach fulfillment. But rather, natural selection is a process which designed our minds to improve the chances as much as possible of passing on our genes to the next generation. And it's designed to do that not in our current environment with modern society and technology and all the things that it brings with it, but in what's known as our ancestral environment, before we ever had societies or civilizations when we were hunter-gatherers. And what was that environment like? It was dangerous. We constantly had to exert effort in order to survive. There was no convenience. We had predators. Starvation was a constant possibility. That being the case, it was important that we had strong emotions like fear. And it's very likely that humans were biased to be more sensitive to fear. And it's very likely that humans that were more biased to be sensitive to fear were more likely to survive than humans who were more carefree. Now, some people are still more sensitive to fear than others. We know that from personality differences. Some people are more optimistic than others. But overall, we're still a species that you could say is biased to be more sensitive to negative emotions. And in psychology, this is well described in the research, and it's called negativity bias. Funnily enough, though, negative and positive emotions are mediated by different circuits within the brain. Negative emotions are mediated by areas of the brain like the amygdala, among others. Positive emotions are mediated by areas of the brain such as the reward circuits. So in our mind, there's this constant tug of war to try and establish how much opportunity is there in the environment for reward versus how much threat is there in the environment. Now that we have an environment that's completely different, it's much safer and there's a lot more opportunity it doesn't mean that we still don't have the same brains and that we still don't have this negativity bias. This is called an evolutionary mismatch, meaning 
a trait like fear has now become more maladaptive instead of adaptive and it can often be unnecessarily holding us back. So let's take one common fear and look at it through this lens. One of the most common fears that people have is a fear of public speaking. Why is it that that would invoke such a strong response? In the context of being a hunter-gatherer, you spent your whole life with the same 100 to 150 people, typically. And since you were staying with the same people your whole life, reputation was extremely important. It was extremely important what people thought about you. If there was ever a context in that life, if there was ever a context where you had to speak to a lot of people all at once, your reputation was being judged on the spot in all likelihood. And so it was always a very high stakes situation. And of course, it was very important that you had a good reputation with your tribe because were you to be cast out of the tribe, that would spell almost certain death because this was a time when it was impossible to live by yourself. You really lived and died by the tribe. Now, going into the modern environment, there are many different contexts where you can try out public speaking. Let's say you went to an open mic show and tried stand-up comedy, or you gave a lecture for a class, where if things were to go wrong, there might be some impact on your life, some minor impact on your career. There might be no impact at all if you were speaking to strangers with whom you were anonymous. And yet, we can feel the memory of what public speaking used to mean in our bodies. Our heart rate speeds up, we start sweating, our pupils dilate. On some level, your body still feels very much that this is a high stakes situation. And not just high stakes, but potentially a life or death situation. So that was fear through an evolutionary lens. What about laziness? We said before that ancestral life required constant effort in order to stay alive. So that being the case, why would laziness be a feature of our psychology? The answer is because ancestrally, it was extremely dangerous to waste any energy unnecessarily. Therefore, evolution has programmed us to minimize any energy expenditure towards anything that doesn't provide at least a reasonably good chance of providing a clear, immediate reward. Laziness is therefore a protective mechanism to make sure that we use our energy wisely. So now what does that look like in modern life? If you want to be successful in modern life, success is now all about delaying gratification, making sacrifices for future awards, like studying for an exam in six months or doing a five-year degree, or getting in shape over the course of a year. Success in real life is about making many small sacrifices over a long period of time to get a reward that is delayed way into the future, a reward that's uncertain, and a reward that's often far more abstract. Money is a far more abstract reward than slaying a mammoth and having food to bring to the tribe that day. And our brains were simply not designed to strive for that kind of success. So again, we have a mismatch of our ancestrally designed brains to our modern environment. In the modern environment, our survival needs are constantly met. So it hardly ever feels like expending extra energy is necessary. We don't need to exert our willpower very often in order to survive. And therefore, our ability to exert our will, and this is associated with a part of the brain called the prefrontal cortex, 
tends to atrophy. Not only that, but we're constantly bombarded with reward that doesn't require energy expenditure. Netflix is a form of reward, drugs and alcohol are, are rewarding, pornography is a form of reward, and this overloads the dopamine system. Dopamine is the chemical in the brain which leads to feelings of reward, and it causes what's called dopamine desensitization. So you need more dopamine to get the same effect. And that's why there's so much talk on the internet about dopamine detox in order to become more productive. Because every time you get a cheap and easy reward, you're essentially sending the message to your mind that there's no need to expend energy. There's no need to go out of your comfort zone. And yet, having said all that, our minds are more sophisticated than we think. And actually, when we spend too much time in safety and comfort, not taking any risks, and binging on cheap, easy rewards, what we find is that human beings tend to become unhappy, less secure in themselves, and more fearful. So on some level, we know that we're not getting the real thing when we're too absorbed in the safety and convenience of modernity. So now that we've discussed why fear and laziness are a feature of our psychology, what can someone do with this information? The good news is that both fear and laziness respond very well to what's called opposite action. Meaning if you act opposite to your fear, you develop more courage and resilience. When you act opposite to your laziness, you develop more motivation and robustness. And we can see this at the neurochemical level. When you do an intense workout, you get the release of endorphins and dopamine and other brain chemicals. When you face your fears persistently over time, you get a reduction of activity in the amygdala and you get an increase in activity in the prefrontal cortex, which, as we said earlier, is associated with willpower. We know this in psychotherapy because we deal with both fear and laziness, perhaps fear more commonly. And psychotherapy is often a process of gradually exposing someone to their fear or exposing them to increasingly difficult situations so that they can move through these situations and ultimately get better. What most people get wrong about this process is that they think it should be much faster than it is. They tend to set goals which are very unrealistic, both in terms of scope and time frame. And while it's important to have a long-term vision when addressing something like fear or laziness, it's also important to have a realistic time frame for achieving these goals and to have all sorts of milestones along the way to keep you rewarded and motivated as you go down the path. If you think that fear or laziness or both might be holding you back in a particular area or situation of your life, you should be thinking about dealing with this slowly and consistently over months to years. So if you know that you have a problem with boundaries and that people constantly overstep your boundaries, this is a problem that you should be thinking about dealing with, again, slowly and consistently over months to years. Unfortunately, one of the other ideas implicit in our zeitgeist is the notion that success should be overnight, but that's actually very rarely the case. So most people set a very lofty goal, which they try and achieve over a couple of days. And when it becomes obvious that this isn't possible and the gap between what they want to achieve and the progress that they find themselves making gets wider and wider, they become demotivated and they stop engaging with whatever the new behavior is. That being the case, when you decide to start addressing your situation, 
the key is to divide your problem into small manageable segments. Tackle each segment slowly over time and allow yourself to absorb the rewards of tackling each segment. Reward yourself for the first time that you get into the gym. Reward yourself for the first time that you do five push-ups or 10 push-ups. Reward yourself for the first time that you can set a boundary with someone. Reward yourself for the first time that you can introduce yourself to a new person at a party. Setting these micro goals with a lot of humility gives you clear markers of progress, which ultimately keeps you much more motivated. Now, if you succeed in overcoming your fear or your laziness or both over a long enough time period, it's going to bring a lot of concrete rewards into your life. Getting in better shape, having more money, more career success, more status, better social life, being healthier. And these rewards are very good things. But perhaps the ultimate insight is the insight that the pleasure of attaining them can be almost as fleeting as the pleasure derived from the cheap highs we mentioned earlier. And then you have the ultimate realization, which is the true reward is the way that overcoming your laziness or overcoming your fears made you a better person, a more resilient person, a more robust person, a person that's capable of solving a wider range of problems, a person with a greater range of choices to access in any given situation. That brings you a satisfaction with yourself, a greater degree of core confidence, and what's called identity level change. The real reward is learning that you are a person who can act courageously in fearful situations. You are a person that takes care of themselves. You are a person that takes care of other people. You're a person that can overcome obstacles. You're not a person that has succumbed to the tidal wave of convenience and safety that characterizes modern living. So before we conclude, there's an important caveat to mention here. Obviously, there are a lot of other forces which can affect how we manifest fear and laziness in our lives. And these include societal forces, societal conventions, things like prejudice. There's factors within our own individual psychology, our past experiences, our past adverse experiences, any trauma we've had, our family dynamics, the relationships we have with the people close to us, issues with our physical health, how well we're eating, sleeping, whether or not we're exercising. And of course, if you do have an actual mental health condition like depression or anxiety, all of these can have an influence on how we experience fear and laziness, to what degree, and the difficulties, the specific individual difficulties we might have with overcoming them. So that being said, let's conclude. Fear and laziness are very human responses. With fear, we've fallen into the trap of trying to make the world as safe as possible. And while obviously this is largely a very good thing, safety has a counterintuitive relationship with fear. In that safety decreases our fear in the short term, but it increases our fear in the long term because we lose touch with reality. And it's actually confronting our fear voluntarily, consistently, in the right doses, as opposed to being insulated from fear, that improves our confidence. With laziness, we've fallen into the trap of making the world as convenient as possible. And again, like safety, this is obviously a very good thing, 
but it means that people have to work against resistance less and less. Our willpower has atrophied, our ability to overcome resistance, to get the things that we want has atrophied, and at the same time we're also constantly bombarded with cheap superficial rewards, which dysregulates our dopamine-based reward systems. Here are some take-home messages. Adversity is the force which sculpts us and molds us into better people. It always has been like that throughout our entire evolutionary history. Adversity should be confronted voluntarily and in small manageable chunks, making slow incremental progress over time. The work required in overcoming these forces or managing them is in fact the reward because it makes you a better person, a more capable person, and provides you with more core confidence. And lastly, you can actually use the convenience and safety society provides to your advantage to choose what resistance you want to overcome. Take ChatGPT, for example. People are very worried that having ChatGPT around means people are going to use that to do all of our work for us. And that's certainly possible. And many people probably will use it for that reason. But if you're someone who wants to succeed and work hard, ChatGPT is a valuable tool that you can use to actually accelerate your progress. The fact that you live in a safe society means you're safe to pursue what risks you want to pursue rather than to have risk imposed upon you involuntarily. If you'd like a more detailed step-by-step guide to long-term behavior change, we released one in January 2022, and that was Audio Essay 10, A Guide to Long-Term Behavior Change. I hope you enjoyed the short discussion on fear and laziness. I hope that it helps you understand these forces more in a way that allows you to do something about them to ultimately live the life you want to live. This is the Thinking Mind podcast, all about psychiatry, psychology, psychotherapy, and self-development. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us at thinkingmindpodcast at gmail.com. Our social media is in the description. The best way to support the podcast is to follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to give us a rating. And if you'd like to support the podcast even further, you can check out the Buy Me A Coffee link in the description. Thanks for listening.